Hello, everybody. This is Charles from the Barbershop Group Podcast. I hope that everybody's having a fabulous day. I um, We don't have an interview lined up uh, in this episode, and uh, this episode has probably been in the works for some time. Uh, it's been a while since I've done uh, a solo cast or a monologue for, um, for listeners, and uh, I wanted to try to speak to you all to today in a way that I I don't often do when we are interviewing guests and uh and and uh, if I'm writing then we don't tend to do it there either but I think that it's important that guys who are listening get the opportunity to hear some real thoughts unedited thoughts of uh of a man who has gone through some things and continues to go through things and uh, just uh, just to hear what it's like. Um, we always talk about not being a man on an island, so I won't beat you guys over the head with that. But, you know, um, there's a lot that we experience as, as long as we we keep living, we learn new things, especially when we make ourselves open uh, to those new things. And as many of you all know, there's a lot that seems to be going on in the world. If you pay attention to, um, if you pay attention to current affairs or if you pay attention to the news and all that stuff, then, you know, it can make you kind of go crazy. And, uh, it's a good, uh, it's always good to be able to take a moment and kind of step back from those things, put those things on pause uh, to reflect about your own life and, and really get in touch with with yourself. Um, you know, I I often uh, think about what my development is is like today and and where I was years ago, and then some of the things that have impacted my life. And um, sometimes I talk to friends about my personal religious perspective and ideology or philosophy. And, and, uh, and sometimes I withhold that information is not to freak anybody out. Uh, just, I may be thinking about common courtesy. Uh, I don't think it has a whole lot to do with losing people anymore as, as I can clearly see as we are trying to do the work that we're trying to do. I can clearly see uh, that there are some things that are just true about the nature of what we do. And one of those things is that um, there are a lot of people who may be around uh, and who have been around me who um, they liked or they, they said that they liked uh, the work that we could do and and this platform and everything. But when it comes down to it, the bare bones of it is they don't like it. Uh, they're not supportive about it. And that's OK. That's OK. You don't twist somebody's arm to make them um, do the things that you're doing. You actually give them room to do what it is that they are doing as part of growth. Um, but, you know, speaking about growth, um, I was sharing with uh, with someone else in my life that there were some religious perspectives and things, religious perspectives and things like that, that, uh, I no longer felt 
necessary to uh, to hold on to. And the individual said, well, you know, that can sound very scary to individuals. And I get that. Uh, if it's scary to people who are listening, um, then I guess you have to deal with that fear. I've already dealt with it myself. Um, <clears throat> you know, I remember years ago when I um, when I started kind of getting involved in the black community, um, you know, coming from uh, from a household that was primarily Baptist and Pan-Africanist and a little bit, maybe a little bit about black power. Um, as a teenager, I thought that I had found my way and started getting involved um, with the Nation of Islam, a, a sect of black American Muslims that people don't always uh, feel so comfortable with. And I totally understand that. Um, but I was trying to find my way um, previously, I'd had no, I'd gotten away from the concept of God and, and all of that. It just made little sense to me with the way people were whipping around the name of God. And eventually I left that organization after I got what I was supposed to get from it and moved on to something else, uh, that I thought was bigger and better. And uh, one of the things though, that I will say that I experienced at that time was, um, that I I thought that I had reached a point of ideological freedom. But in reality, what I had done was I put myself right into another box. Here I am trying to escape boxes that society is putting me in. And I adopted another box to put myself in. And I'll never forget um, wanting to date um, a Puerto Rican girl who, uh, I was just, I was, I was completely baffled by her attraction to me. And, uh, I was just really, really interested in her, but, you know, there are a few things working against me as a young person. And one was, um, the fact that I was in an organization that didn't look favorably upon interracial relationships or biracial relationships or whatever people want to call them today. You guys have so many names for everything. It's just crazy. But um, <clears throat> the other thing about that was that, you know, she wasn't a, uh, a petite person. She wasn't Miss Small. Okay. And there were family members and friends who frowned when they learned that this was someone who I was attracted to. So here I am trying to please other people, fit into somebody else's box while trying to make myself uh, happy or pursue what it is that I thought I wanted. And uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting about my time in the Nation of Islam was when I started talking about going to college, um, this wasn't something that I was being supported in. And one of the mistakes that I've made throughout a long portion of my life, throughout a, a huge portion of my life, was waiting for somebody else to validate me. And now I've come to the realization that that outside validation, if it comes, it really doesn't do what it was going to do. The, the best validation comes from you. Um, 
And obviously you've got to go through some things, some, some, some self checks and stuff like that to get to the point where that validation is, is real. And you're not just out there screwing up. Right. Uh, but yeah, if you're waiting for somebody else to do it, good luck with that. Um, so that was that experience. And then I went beyond that and, um, you know, I started kind of practicing this form of orthodox Islam or what I thought was orthodox Islam. And then, you know, it's just one more box, one more box. And, um, you know, for me in all of my time, uh, one of the things that I have found to be true and it didn't matter what it doesn't matter what the religious ideology uh, is, especially for people uh, in the United States um, who adhere to probably what are the three most popular religions. Uh, everybody puts everybody in a box. Here we are looking at society. We're fussing and cussing over uh, trying to break out of what society is doing to us. And then we adhere to religious ideologies that put us in a box and then put everybody else in a box. And I have to tell you guys, I'll share with you now that <clears throat> every religious ideology and every religion that I have practiced didn't do anything for my sobriety. And I know that that bothers some individuals when I say that, but it didn't help. Now I didn't say anything about um, uh, not believing in the supernatural or God or whatever you choose to call this, this 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 thing that is beyond us uh but to try to adhere to the rules and the regulations of every every religion and, and things like that it only made my use worse it made me feel worse to know that here i am i'm trying to live a life out of a book and I cannot meet the standards in that book. And because I ha cannot meet the standards in that book, well, now let me go and hide from people because I'm not meeting the perfection of this book. And a lot of people will say, well, that's not the point of things. And, and, and I get that. It really shouldn't be the point of things. But that's how human beings typically tend to look at each other. Uh, and that's definitely how we tend to do a lot of interpretation. And so it did nothing for me. And eventually I learned, wow, a lot of this stuff that I've been trying to adhere to has actually kept me from getting to know who I am at the root of me, at my core. Instead of me getting to know who I was at the very core, I was trying to shape shift and fix myself, mold myself into someone else, be something else for myself and for other people without really understanding that maybe I am the way I am because this is how I was created to be. You see, and that's a difficult thing for a lot of people to come to terms with. It was definitely a struggle for me. And sometimes today, as I try to explain this to individuals, it is also difficult for them to understand because it may not be their particular experience. And that's OK. I don't want it to be everybody's experience. I don't want my experience to be everyone's experience. However, I've come to the realization today that we do a lot of damage to ourselves by trying to put ourselves and others 
in these boxes. Not so long ago, I was asked by a friend, what would you do if one of your children came to you and said that they were gay? And I simply said, I would love them. I would love the person that they were with. And I had no bone in my body that was opposed to me saying this. What I did have a negative reaction about, however, was thinking about, you know, what I felt if I chose not to walk my daughter down the aisle, for example, if she were gay, okay, uh, and there's no, there's no, no conversation with my daughter about this as of yet. So who knows, but you know, there's, when I think about not walking my daughter down the aisle because she's gay. And when I think about that, my heart trembles, my, my heart trembles so bad to think that because of my particular perspective or religious ideology or whatever you want to call it, that I would withhold my love from my daughter or from my son. Okay. That just doesn't sit well with me. And I know that there are people out there who think differently. And if that sits well with you, that's fine. If that sits well with you, but I couldn't live like that anymore. I couldn't live like that anymore. And I know that there are some other people who may be feeling this way. In fact, I spoke with a young lady maybe two to three days ago who was struggling to come to terms with who she is as a person, okay, in contradistinction to who her parents think she is, in contradistinction to who her ex-boyfriend thought she was. And you could hear the pain and the agony in her voice up until she heard me say, hey, listen, why are you living life in a box? You don't have to do this to yourself. There are, we all have expectations. We have ideals and things like that. But one of the dangerous things that we can do to ourselves and to each other is try to enforce utopian ideas. They do not work. They make us sick. They make us sick. All right. And though it may not make you sick, particularly, you may be fine. But I'm sure that if you speak with enough people, you'll find out that trying to meet these expectations cause problems. OK, what we have to work on is being authentic people. So. When we're speaking about authenticity, when I'm speaking about authenticity, you know, I remember someone saying to me that um, religion seems to be overburdened with laws and that we're all trying to make each other be what we want each other to be. And it's not just about religion. It's about political ideologies. It's about um, um, you know, a lot of different ideologies. I'll, I'll never forget reading a book written by Dr. Wayne Dyer and Dr. Dyer is saying, listen, if you're honest, you probably did not grow up around people who allowed you to learn who you were. 
They would tell you it was okay to learn who you were. However, what they really meant was stay within the confines of what we have taught you. All right. So if you were a Republican, if you grew up in a family of Republicans, you probably don't have a good outlook about Democrats. And if you grew up in a family of Democrats, you probably don't have a good outlook of Republicans. Or if you grew up in a family that's Muslim, then you don't particularly have a good outlook about Jews. And if you're from a family of Jews, then you don't have a good outlook of, of, of Muslims. And if you're in a family of, of, you know, uh, of black people, you don't have a favorable outlook towards whites and whites don't have a favorable outlook towards blacks. Why? Because all of this stuff is reinforced by your families of origin. And when somebody comes to you and says, Hey, you don't have to live like that anymore. It's scary to you. The only thing that you can do is pull up a bunch of history. You can pull up current affairs and say, look, well, this is what's going on in society. Listen, your family exposed you to what was going on in society. Your family reinforces. They sit down at the dinner table. They text each other. Okay. You, you email each other, you inbox each other, you put these things up on your walls to reinforce your perspectives about the world. We all have done it. And maybe it's difficult for us to receive it, but it's true. We don't typically interact with people who think differently than we do. And that's a problem because I believe that little growth comes from staying where we are. And sometimes, sometimes we are forced to change and to move away from that thing that we have been. Sometimes we are forced through any number of circumstances to evolve and to adjust. And that's something I think that really successful people have done. I don't think that a lot of successful people stay stuck in the cement, in the mud. I don't think that they stick their heads down in the sand. I think that they welcome change and they welcome evolution. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Okay. So for me, I remember trying to be so many different things. I remember trying to be any number of things, you know, Christian, this Sufi, this Muslim, that all these different things. And they only reinforce static ideas. And it's not to say that the religions in and of themselves are bad. That's not the commentary that I have. I'll let other people have those commentaries on their own time with their people, wherever they are. But for me, I now see that there is a framework and then there's beyond it. And I'm starting to get very comfortable with letting things happen and being beyond that framework. Again, when I spoke about uh, the possibility of a child being gay, what I was really trying to convey was my love for my child. Only that, my love for my child. It's not about a political stance. It's not about a religious stance. 
It's not about ethics and all of these kinds of things. It's only about the love of my child. And I'll never forget, there was this old sheikh who he has passed away now, but I believe that his spirit lives on. He told a story of an older student. He's saying this student used to sit at the door of an old sheikh all the time asking to be taught. Will you teach me? Will you teach me? Will you teach me? And every time the student or potential student would ask the sheikh, he would tell him, no, no, you're not ready. Go back. You're not ready. So that guy, that potential student would try to sit with other students and learn from them and beg them to share the knowledge that they learned. And then he would go back and sit at the door of that sheikh. Will you teach me now? Will you teach me now? Will you teach me now? And the sheikh would say, no. There was a time in history where you had to do so much work on yourself before you sat in the company of people who possessed high levels of wisdom. But then the sheikh wrote in his book, he says, now it is different. Now, if anybody comes to you and they are asking for your assistance, your responsibility is not to turn them away, but to receive them as quickly as you can. And he was asked why. And he said, because we have to be in tune with the condition of hearts. We have to be in tune with the conditions of people's hearts. And today, guys, I want to tell you something. Look out there. Be very, very careful. Look at the hearts of people. You better look at the hearts of people. Okay. Do not turn people away because you do not know what is in their heart. Okay. Be very careful. And I tell myself this first for those who are listening, who have the ability, do not turn those people away. Don't turn those men away. Don't tell them, don't turn the children away or the young people, the, the other women. Don't do it. When somebody comes to you, recognize that they are asking, but someone else, something else is sending them to you. That's extremely, extremely important. Okay. So, you know, I know that I'm going on and on. As I said, it's a personal account of just how things have changed, how I had to chew the meat, but, but, but leave the bone behind. And I think a lot of us could do that. And the last thing that I'm going to share with you guys is something extremely important for what we see happening today. A lot of times we wake up in the morning and we scroll through our social media, we we pick up our smartphones and scroll through the news. And if we're not careful, we can come away from everything thinking that the world is just in bad condition, that the world is horrendous. All right. And I have a challenge for you. I'm not going to tell you not to pick up your phone and not to pay attention to the news and stuff like that. You can do what you choose. However, a challenge to you. Okay. When you think that you are seeing a lot of death happen in the world, I want you to go outside. In fact, 
for every story of death that you were able to read on your smartphone and what have you, I want you to go outside and I want you to pick up a blade of grass. Just pick it up out of your yard. Just pick that blade up, uh, of grass up and that blade of grass is gone. And then step back and look at the grass. And I guarantee you that when you look at that yard, when you look at that yard full of grass, it's still going to be full of living grass, despite the death that you heard about. And the reason why I want you to do that is I want you to put into perspective the things that you see and you hear. The world is not dying. It's not. The world is not going bad. Okay. Put some perspective into it. You see, if you would like to understand it on a deeper level, then know that as soon as you pick out that blade of grass and that blade of grass is no longer living, what comes in its place is another living blade of grass, just like that. And you will wake up, seven days will go by, and you will have never known that that blade of grass was gone. You see, another way to think about it is this. If you go get a big box of matches and you take a match out for every death that you heard about today, it'll still be a pretty full box of matches and they'll still have purpose. Now, at the end of the day, however, or in the next morning when the sun rises, you got to put those matches back in the box. Because, you know, it's been rejuvenated. That's what life does. You'll find out that it's more exhausting for you to think about the matches that are gone than it is to think about the matches that are present. It's more exhausting, exhausting to think about the blades of grass that are gone than to think about the blades of grass that are present. Life is all around us. So consider that. I just wanted to throw those things out there for you. Maybe next time I'll talk a little bit more about my experiences and how they have changed. But I think that each one of us needs to give ourselves the opportunity to consider all of life and not just these small frames of references that we seem to be inundated with. And we also should give ourselves the opportunity to kick boxes, to crush boxes, to get out of the boxes that other people have put us in and that we have put ourselves in. And I'm not telling you that you have to be uh, a rogue, but give yourself the opportunity to grow. If you are a growing being, you cannot remain in that same box. Think about that, guys. And we'll talk to you later.